But when you want HBO Max, but your mom's like, we have Max at home. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And this is the Nerds Inc. Podcast. Today we are talking the latest moves from Warner Brothers Discovery. Also the acronym for that, WBD. We're talking about their latest moves. Gary, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Definitely a little excited to jump into this conversation. Probably not for the best reasons, but definitely excited nonetheless. How about yourself? You know what, same. It's been a long time coming. I know technically this news dropped a few weeks ago, so we're a little late to the punch. But, you know, I imagine all of our listeners are going to want to know our thoughts on it. Uh, you obviously mm-hmm. take the time to listen to us, so we're going to give you our thoughts on the matter. Exactly. To kind of get started, uh, Gary, I know you're aware, most people I'm sure are aware, if you're a big fan of the streaming giant HBO Max, it is now going to be changing its name, effective May 23rd, 2023, to simply Max. Gary, what are your thoughts on this? This is a dumb decision. Um, Dropping the name HBO is one of the worst things that Discovery has done since purchasing the Warner Brothers uh, property. Um. Most of us in the millennial age group associate high quality with HBO. So dropping that, you know, moniker of HBO for just Max, uh, really, in my opinion, signifies that there's going to be a drop in quality. And that's like my biggest takeaway from it. It's like, okay, you're dropping HBO. So does that mean like you're not going to pay attention to the same details as you as HBO did when they were creating, you know, their series and movies? Um, I think about The Last of Us and how, you know, we talked about in the last episode, how much care they took for the characters and the story and all of that. And it's like, is that going to change now that it's becoming Max? You know, things like that is what's really sitting in my mind when I think about this name change. What about Mm -hmm. you, Matt? Yeah, no, same. I know that uh, Casey Bloys uh, has been appointed as the chairman and CEO of HBO and Max Content. So this was obviously a decision in tandem with the WBD uh, new chairman and CEO uh, to work with Bloys on this. However, I, I do agree with you. I think that they're trying to market this as like this is the streaming home of everything from HBO ranging to what used to be on what is now no longer Discovery+. Plus. Right. And so when you look at the quality of the content, I tend to agree with you. I think HBO is synonymous with excellence. It usually does very well well at the Emmys every year. HBO has always had high quality TV, you know, dating back to the 90s when you had shows like The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, and so it's had over 25 years of dominance really in the high quality dramas and even some of their comedies more recently. So, yeah, I think... This is kind of Discovery's attempt to like, well, we need to be able to find a middle ground. We need to be able to bridge the gap. And I kind of feel like they're going about it the wrong way. It almost feels like there might be some sort of inferiority complex that W or that uh, WBD might have towards HBO. And so like, (laughs) you know, we need to drop this title because people might think that we're HBO and we're not. Mm -hmm. And I think I agree with you. I think that's a mistake. But, you know, when you look at the content that's going to be coming to Max, you have things like Property Brothers, things like First Home Fix, stuff like Flip Flop, House Hunters, Hometown. So they market it as you get to keep your great HBO content, but we're also going to give you all this, you know, quite frankly, 
low quality reality content. Yeah. And so I think that's where they're trying to to kind of show like, look what else we have as if anybody really cares. If you're, if you're there to watch HBO max and you didn't have a, a you know, discovery plus subscription, are you mm-hmm. really going to take the time to watch that reality TV? Maybe I, I, I can reckon maybe a few hundred households might do that, <laughs> but I think by right. and large, if you're there to watch HBO, you're there to watch HBO. I don't think anybody's going to give a damn about some of this reality TV, but we'll see, I guess. No, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And that was one of the biggest issues I had when uh, David Zasloff really started mentioning his plans for not only uh, uh, HBO, but he also mentioned um, the CW as part of, you know, the plans with that as well. And it's really just centering around focusing on reality TV uh, more as some people in the industry may know it as unscripted TV. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know if you know this, Skylar, but I feel like that is probably part of a plan to kind of circumvent the upcoming writer's strike uh, that Mm -hmm. may occur. Because Monday is the, I think the day, either Monday or Tuesday is the day that the uh, writer's strike is set to take effect um, Mm -hmm. if a deal isn't started. And we all know what happened back, I want to say, what, 2009, 2010? When mm-hmm. that writer strike happened, um, we got an influx of reality TV, but also we saw a lot of films and TV series that were midway through their series get hurt really bad due to the fact that they couldn't hire writers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is kind of uh, one of their ways to kind of negate that type of uh, situation from impacting them too heavily. But it's still going to impact them because, you know, a lot of the best content that is on streaming right now is scripted. It's not unscripted. Not many people really mm-hmm. care for a lot of the unscripted content. So right. it may settle out a little bit in their bottom line, but it's not going to overall keep them from like really hurting um, in the long run if they don't find ways to continue to push out the high quality content that HBO is known for. Right. And something I also really want to get into is because you kind of see this happen with Netflix every few years when they raise prices. You see mm-hmm. it happen with Disney Plus more recently talking about raising prices. And so you kind of look at their their quote unquote tiered plan. <laughs> and so I think really the most interesting slash frustrating thing about what Max is trying to create, you know, with rebranding itself is they're launching multiple different tiered plans which is very weird and i want to get your thoughts on this so the the three uh, price tiers we have max ad light which goes for 9.99 a month or you could pay 999 dollars and 99 cents for the whole year and you get two concurrent streams but it does have ads you have the max ad free which will be priced at 15.99 a month or you can pay 149 dollars and 99 cents a year and this will also allow two concurrent streams but you don't have to worry about ads and then of course the final tiered price is max ultimate ad free which costs 19.99 a month or 199 dollars and 99 cents a year and it gives you four concurrent streams as well as HD high quality streaming Gary, what are your thoughts on these tiers? Uh, I kind of feel like they went back to like mid-2000s with this because <laughs> uh, I remember back in the mid-2000s, I was working for DirecTV and that was a lot of what they used to use to describe their tiers for their channels. You know, oh, you get this and you get all these channels and stuff. And then you get this, but you get HD. And it's like, we're in the year 2023 now. We have 4K TVs that are out. Sell it for like two, three hundred bucks. Like mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a deal. So 
to me, their tier structure right now with that also is terrible. And it, it just shows that they have either no idea of the either the times that we're living in or they have no understanding of the market that they're in. Yeah. No, I have to agree with you. I also think that, like these names are a little weird. I mean, it kind of goes synonymous <laughs> with calling it Max instead of HBO Max, dropping the HBO as if that's going to make a, a huge difference. Um, right. Only it's, it's going to make people look at this like, is this the off-brand HBO Max? It's like <laughs> when, when you want HBO Max, but your mom's like, we have Max at home. <laughs> this is what that is. And you look at these these tiered pricing titles and it's like Max Ad Light, Max Ad Free, Max Ultimate Ad Free. Like the thing that bothers me the most is like, I appreciate that they have a um, an ad version because I think a lot of people are you know more patient and they're willing to pay a cheaper right. price if it has ads. But to have two different tiered options for ad free makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, right. You're doing the max ad free at fifteen ninety nine a month, which only gives you two streams. And they know very well that households like to share their passwords. It's something that we know that Netflix is getting ready to crack down on, probably unsuccessfully if we're being honest. Highly but the fact that they have they have this plan where it's like, Oh, only two households can do this or only two people can stream at the same time. And then, right. but if you get the ultimate ad free, you can have four. And it's like, <laughs> right. it, come on. Now. It makes, it makes no sense to me. I think it, you're very correct in this day and age to know the market, to know how people stream. The fact that people across many households are going to share their passwords, their usernames. So other people can use it. I don't think there should be this middle tier of max ad free. You should either have ultimate and an ad light and honestly like meet somewhere in the middle with the pricing because no one's trying to pay nineteen ninety nine a month or basically two hundred dollars a year right for this ultimate ad free just so they can have four concurrent streams. Now I'm sure parents with kids that go off to college are gonna pay for this, mm-hmm. but like it just it just seems like a bad sell. Like unless yeah. you have a big family and you're trying to, to to really market these multiple households that can stream. I think mm-hmm. that four four to six streaming tiers should be the the standard. I think because the fact that you can have a tablet, you can have a computer, you can have your smart TV, you can have mm-hmm. it on your your PlayStation or your Xbox. You know, there shouldn't be a limited number of concurrent streams. I think that is absolutely ridiculous, and it's something that we've seen uh, with some of these other streaming services. Yeah, I mean, when Netflix first really went full-time streaming they had their tiers where you know you get the two two uh concurrent streams and then you get four and i think at one point it had up to like eight mm-hmm. um and then you saw how that rapidly changed and i feel like now like their lowest tier gives you at least four concurrent streams so mm-hmm. yeah having that concurrent streams is more is like 10 times more important now than having you know ads at this point like i feel like you said i feel like more people are okay with handling ads um i think very few people are so uptight about ads now but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's like the biggest thing that's really causing me a problem with this whole thing is really just the whole hd version thing Mm. like just because you put what was it five more dollars on the uh, ad free and call it max ultimate ad free that gives you the right to be like yeah we're going to add hd to this like 99% 99% of streaming is done in HD. Like 1080p is kind of like the standard at this point. It's at the bottom of the totem pole. Right. No one's doing 720p anymore. Like that's ridiculous. Exactly. That, that that's even If that's even offered by a company now, I know you see it a lot <laughs> yeah. with, uh, with, with cell phone carriers, right? So like Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. It's like, well, yeah, you can get this plan, but you're only going to get 720p download. And it's like, right. 
what in what world we are in 2023 1080p is a standard if not more is exactly. i agree with you i think that is absolutely ridiculous and i honestly i think that this tiered plan is going to come back to, to bite them yeah, I expect them to make some changes later on down the line. Um, I wonder how they tested this out before, like what focus groups that they bring in to ask these questions about. But also, I want to get your opinion on something because it's something I just thought about when you were talking. Um, mm-hmm. You brought up Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. Each one of them have a plan with one of the streaming services. Verizon has uh, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN, T-Mobile has Netflix, uh, I believe HBO is with AT and T. Is this going to change, or do you think this is is this going to change how they interact with the different carriers, or are they going to try to set up a new uh, structure to where, like, if you get AT and T certain plans or whatever, you get HBO. I'm sorry, you get Max uh, ad free or Max ads or with ads for a certain price or discounted. Right. No, that's a great question. Um, I think time will tell. I I don't really have a. I I could see them doing that with like newer plans. You know, mm-hmm. like when every single carrier decides to create new plans, like within every six months, just to try right. to spice things up, to try to attract new new customers. So I could definitely see that being a thing where it's like we'll give you unlimited and we'll give you this ad included programming yeah. so i know for myself you know what's really nice with certain carriers not 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 all carriers will do this but i personally mm-hmm. have verizon and so i can advocate so that when when they first had disney the whole disney hulu espn bundle and mm-hmm. i signed up for that it was the disney before disney plus created ads so mm-hmm. i was fortunate that i got the ad free version now i don't know if it's locked in but i like to think that it is so as long as i <laughs> yeah. keep my plan without changing it i'm going to stay locked into that plan so yeah. i guess the the real thing is I'm wondering how it's going to impact those HBO Max sub- subscribers with with their carrier. And I imagine they should be able to be locked in, but I can also see a carrier or maybe WBD kind of being dicks about it and going yeah. like, no, they have to get one of these tiered options. It hasn't happened yeah. for Disney Plus yet and Verizon, but I can see it being a thing with newer plans. So mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, if you don't already have an unlimited plan with your, your current carrier and, and you're kind of shopping around for different options, yeah. this might be a bad time. Might be right. a bad time. And something else that I just thought about with with this, and then we can go to the next topic for sure. But um, by the time that Max fully rebrands, uh, I think it's what, May 23rd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you currently have HBO Max and you're set up with your subscription the way it is currently, I believe they say you have like five to six months before any of those changes take effect for you, mm-hmm. which I want to know in your opinion, how do you think that's going to impact their subscriber base? Because right now HBO Max is, if I'm correct, one of the top subscribed um, streaming services. So do you Mm -hmm. think they'll see a huge drop immediately or do you think it'll be more of a gradual decline? You know, I I would like to think that it'll probably stay pretty steady. I Like I said, I don't really see too many people signing up to watch things that are non HBO based. Now, if you mm-hmm. had like discovery plus that former streamer and you kind of want to move over for, you know, things like, you know, history channel type stuff, or if you're a big fan of any of those home renovation shows, you might <laughs> sign up for it. 
Um, but I largely believe they're going to retain their HBO base. Now, once those prices start coming out and people realize, okay, it's kind of moved me to like this similar plan or, oh, I, you know, I, I do need four streams that that's mm-hmm. kind of been the standard for my family. And you want to move to something like that. I think then, yeah, people are going to see the prices. They're going to be like, is this worth it? Mm-hmm. Because I think a discussion that you and I have not had yet, and it might be a future episode is kind of talking about how streamers are impacting really the market by these price changes because some of these price changes are quite significant. Like I think if you want all the streams and password sharing for Netflix, now you're going to be paying over $20 a month Um, and kind of bundled together with other streamers. Like even if you only have two or three streaming sites, you're looking at paying probably close to 50, $60, if not more. And I know that that was the whole allure to pulling people away from cable and satellite was that you were just kind of watch things on your, your favorite streaming um, service. And you wanted to pay less, and this was the best way to do that. And that's the reason why you're seeing more and more people move towards these uh, ad plans that have mm-hmm. ads included like Hulu or or um, Disney Plus because people want to find a way to save money because the streamers are becoming almost as much as like a whole cable subscription if you want to have yeah. everything. And so I think that's the part that I'm interested to see how that plays out because you've, we've really seen it over the last three or four years, especially during the pandemic. Right. Everybody's streaming now. Um, and they were streaming even more so back then. So I just, I, I hate to to see that the market is changing in this way where it's it's becoming unsustainable, I think, for a lot of families. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And that's definitely going to have to be a topic that we discuss in a later episode, um, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that if you really think about it, you're right. Like the market is kind of changing. And I, I feel like a lot of this is really more of a, a pendulum, you know, one way, one season it swings towards one way then the next thing you know boom it's going to swing the the next way back um i don't know if we're going to see a resurgence and people jumping back to cable um because i do know there are some cable companies that are creating their own like streaming bundles and things like that but it's possible that we could see something of that nature kind of take effect sometime down the line Mm -hmm. and i mean we're even seeing it now with like netflix has been kind of piloting this and i know amazon uh, prime has recently been doing this where they even have like things that are going to go live at a particular date and time so the very first live stand-up special ever streamed by netflix was chris rock's newest special Mm -hmm. where he addresses the whole infamous oscar slap with will smith and so they knew that was going to be prime time television so they said saturday eight nine o'clock we're putting this on be there and that Mm -hmm. to me it's funny to me that like that's like a new thing for Netflix because it's like no that's just that's what cable was dude like, that's what <laughs> that's what Directv was that's what Dish was like you used to have to tune in at a certain time yep. and I'm sure for for younger audience members are like oh my god it's so cool it's gonna come on on this exact same time it's like no that's what cable used to be like I feel like we're going backwards now yes like the whole beauty of streaming is that it's on demand you can watch it whenever you want mm-hmm. and so I think it's funny that I know they just did it with um, J Cole. Uh, his, I think it's called Dreamville, his concert right. that he does in North Carolina every year. They did a live uh, version of that for uh, Amazon Prime and like Drake yep. was there and, you know, all, all those great. big uh, rappers. And and same thing, it was live and then you couldn't watch it again. Right. So it's like, <laughs> what, what is the point of having streaming if you just need live TV, you know? So exactly. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this changes because it really does feel like streaming giants are maybe getting a little bit too greedy and maybe mm-hmm. they're trying to change the market back to what it was, but you, you can't go back at this point in time. You cannot go back. We can only go forward. I definitely agree with you on that. 
But moving on to the other big headlining news from WBD, we have the news that Harry Potter will be reimagined into a television show. Mm-hmm. I know the goal that they're looking for is to have 10 years of Harry Potter on television as a max original. It's crazy. Um, where they're, they're going to recast everyone. It's going to be a, a, a story where each season of the show is set to be based on each book. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary, what are your thoughts on this? Um, it's about time, honestly. Um, I feel like they are being smart with this. You know, they're tapping into a market that, honestly, if it hits within the first two to three episodes, could easily blow up the streaming service world for a while because the Harry Potter movies came out, what, 20 plus years ago? <laughs> and well, no. To be fair, I, I I do want to add this caveat. To be fair, okay. the last Harry Potter movie came out in 2011. Okay, that's fair. So the last one was what, 10 years, about 12 years ago. So people still talk about how phenomenal the movies are and they hold up. Um, so to see it reimagined and to see it come to streaming where from what I hear, you can do so much more with the books because there was so much that was left out. This is a, to me, this is a win. This is a big win. Uh, we are going to <laughs> we're going to dis- have to agree to disagree on this one, my friend. No, oh my. Um, so I, you know, I'm a diehard Harry Potter fan. I personally think, and I've I've said this before, even when they've they've done recasting for you know Marvel with Spider Man, because I mean Toby hasn't even been removed from Spider Man for 20 years yet, and they have already recasted that role twice. And that's how I feel about this. I think that there hasn't been enough time. If you do a reboot of something that was 60, 70 years ago, you can really give a fresh take on it, not just with the technology, with VFX, um, but you can really tell a more grounded or modern uh, uh, tale, so Mm -hmm. to speak. With Harry Potter, I don't think it's been given enough time. I think the fact that, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, uh, Emma Watson, who played the original, you know, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, um, they're like still in their like mid to late thirties. Like yeah, if this, this series is not old enough yet. And I think to me, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with uh, the, the re- recast T'Challa, mm-hmm. which I know that you were on board with. I think for some people like myself and other millennials and even some Gen Zers, mm-hmm. we grew up with these actors and these characters in this role. They had eight movies out of seven books made. Now, were the movies completely faithful to the books? No. And that is something that the show could touch on. And I definitely acknowledge that. I mm-hmm. think the long form version of television, especially where, with where streaming is at now, you can definitely tell a more complete tale from the books. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that it won't be a hit. I think just for me, the nostalgia in my heart and how I felt about the original cast and how they really ended the seventh book and split into two movies so perfectly, mm-hmm. I think it is too soon, personally. Um, and and to me, this does feel like a cash grab because we even saw after the success of Hogwarts Legacy, the game, when it came out, mm-hmm. that they were talking about, oh, you know, HBO or Discovery, they want to do this whole, you know, they want to do a live action version of that. They want to make mm-hmm. multiple sequels. And so for me, all I see is this new CEO of WBD. He's looking for as many avenues as possible to just like, how can we hit these big ticket items? And yeah. for me, 
and I know other Harry Potter fans, I think it would be much more worthwhile with, you know, how successful Hogwarts Legacy is that proves that you can tell a new story in this world and it can be successful. So why can't we go back in time again? Why can't we find out what happened with the Marauders? Why can't we find out what happened with the the origins of Hogwarts? Why can't Mm -hmm. we find out, you know, even in Voldemort's early years? Um, There are so many other stories to tell within this world that I think like Star Wars, you can really expand off of it. And I think that's also a way to get a cash grab because people are going to want to see it simply because it has that Wizarding World or Harry Potter moniker. I think to just sit there and say, oh, we're going to do all these books and we're going to make it into, into seven seasons, allegedly. Now, the interesting thing about that is I wonder how many years in between seasons we're talking because right. they say a book for every season, but they want 10 years of this. Right. So that's that's interesting. But yeah, I think I think it's just far too soon. And to me, and I know to many other fans, it does look like a big cash grab, which is disappointing. Yeah, no, that's a very fair take. And I understand where you're coming from in that aspect of it. Um, I really can't argue against that because um, when you look at it, like 10 years is really not a lot of time to kind of reboot the series. If you look at it, they did the same thing with Spider-Man, like you mentioned, you know, Spider-Man 3 came out, what, 2007 or 8? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Spider-Man or the Amazing Spider-Man came out in like 2011. Uh, so there was really less than a 10 year time span between that. Um, I look at also kind of like how uh, with that, you have the Harry Potter series being so popular now because of, you know, like you mentioned, the Hogwarts legacy. They could really do the first two, three seasons, focus on that pre-book aspect, mm-hmm. create their own little path. That way it gives a little bit more time um, to kind of space it out. But I agree with you in that aspect of 10 years is really not a lot of time. So, yeah, yeah, I I can see I didn't look at it from that aspect. Uh, I don't know Mm -hmm. why. For some reason, I thought the last movie came out in like 2004, 2005. But, yeah, um, I'm on board with that, actually. I I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So. You know, like I said, big Harry Potter fan coming from me, man. I know that you're you're kind of like recently exposed and, and becoming a fan to the series. I just, yeah, I think when this is something that like a whole generation grows up with and that generation isn't even like our generation doesn't even have a head full of white hair yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I right. think <laughs> I think that there, there are some things that can be rebooted and it can be done well. And then there are some things that, that shouldn't or at least be given some some time to breathe because yeah. I think we're finally starting to see them tap into other stories. And I know mm. they tried to do that with the fan, Fantastic Beast movies. And mm. that's what kind of makes me think that they realized, oh, man, we already tried to do this before. Or, you mm. know, WB, when that was a thing tried to do this before with Fantastic Beasts. They tried to capitalize off of it and it didn't work. Look what happened. Yep. These movies didn't do as well financially. They didn't have the same level of following. The The only following for those movies was primarily people that were already fans of the books and the movies. Right. So they already tried to have a spinoff. It didn't work all that great. So I feel like that's why they're like, you know what the tried and true formula is? Let's just redo the books. Let's just redo the books. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, depending on the casting, depending on the writing, like there are so many things at, at play here. Mm-hmm. that will be interesting to see once again i might be completely wrong and it comes out and it does great and it's faithful to the books and they have a great cast and all of that but like to me alan rickman is still severus snape mm-hmm. and the man died and and you know uh, uh robbie coltrane i believe is his name who played hagrid he just recently died they just had like the 20 year uh reunion special yeah. 
from the original movie that came right. out on HBO Max like just a couple <laughs> years ago. And I know that was with old leadership and now they have right. WBD and it's a whole new thing. But like to me, it's like it's all still too fresh. And I think that there are, there are some roles like, you know, like your Dumbledore, like your Hagrid, like your Snape that mm-hmm. no matter who you cast, they could be like the best actor out right now. They could be the best new British actor because we know they're going to cast Brits. Right. <laughs> and they're still not going to be able to live up to that name. It's going to be a new iteration, which I know you and I have had those talks where it's like people should be able to play the same character, different actors. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that there is something so beloved about this original series that it's going to be very difficult for people to come to terms with for sure. No, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, that's also kind of like the argument I had for why, and this is kind of just to touch on the recast T'Challa situation, kind of an argument why I had on why I was not upset with them not recasting in Wakanda forever. Because, you know, the biggest thing was, you know, everyone was grieving. And grief can take as long as most people need it to take. You know, it varies mm-hmm. based on the person. So I look at it as, okay, the 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 director, the producer, the cast, the crew, everyone was grieving from this phenomenal person who did so much, not only for the people outside their community, but also just for the people within the production. Right. I'm okay with waiting until another Black Panther movie comes out, even if it is 10, 12 years from now. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with waiting and having this movie be its own thing, be what it is. Um, So in that regards, I'm with you on that. Um, and it it brings up what, and I'm going to tease the next episode kind of with this um, for the podcast, but what Disney is doing with some of their remakes, you know, they're mm-hmm. taking a lot of their properties and just jumping straight to remakes. And most recently they talked about doing a Moana remake and yeah, we're going to talk about that in the next episode, but like with Harry Potter, I think it's much too soon, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a way different story. Right. So those are our uh, thoughts for the new WB uh, D. I, I always got to add that the, the, the D, right? right. WBD. Um, <laughs> gosh. Um, so those are our thoughts on those new moves. As If there's any other kind of big headlines that come out for that, we will definitely talk about it here on the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gary, something before we move on to the results of the latest round for the movie tournament, I do want to talk briefly about what we're currently enjoying now, because I know you and I haven't really had that talk on the podcast recently. I'm sure yeah. our listeners do want to know, like, hey, what's something you know new or something that you're watching that, that people should check out? So uh, what are you currently enjoying, whether it's comics, books, um, you know, TV, movies? What are you enjoying recently? Uh, so I am currently in my K-drama phase. Uh, I am going through and trying to catch up on my list and get through as many of them as I can. Right now, I am currently watching Vincenzo. Um, it is on Netflix. It is a really ridiculously long show. 16 episodes. Each episode is like an hour, like literally an hour plus. Um, I'm only on episode seven right now, but it is really good so far. Uh, it is about uh, an Italian mobster who, a Korean Italian mobster who comes back to Korea to get his um, his money or his gold, really. And he finds out, like, where he placed the gold is a, in the process of being demolished by this corporation. And he's fighting with this lawyer uh, and the tenement uh, people to preserve the building because he doesn't want them to locate his uh, fortune. Um, it is a good mix of action, drama, 
uh, comedy. And I definitely recommend it. If you want to take your time with a TV series, then Senzo is a perfect show to kind of like watch maybe two, three episodes in a row, take a couple of days out and just come back to it. And it's, it's just, it's great. It's fun. What about you, Skylar? Nice. So, yeah, I am currently enjoying two shows. I do want to mention that you and I have both finished uh, the season three of The Mandalorian, which we will be also reviewing that in an upcoming episode. So I don't want to talk too much about that, but I have finished uh, Mandalorian. That's, of course, on Disney+. Plus. If you're a fan of Star Wars, definitely give it a a, a check out. Uh, But the two shows that I'm very happy are on for their final season, currently on HBO Max, soon to be Max, as we discussed, um, are Barry, and that's the show... Um, on HBO Max about kind of a, a hired um, uh, a hired hitman that moves to LA and he falls in love with acting and he becomes uh, <laughs> someone who wants to to act in movies and theater in LA and honestly the show is it, it lives up to the hype anything you've heard about it it's so good I mean they're usually like 30 minute 45 minute episodes so it's relatively short nice. um, and the cast is just amazing and it's on its final season right now, season four. And I'm really enjoying it so far because it's kind of like uh, where the, the the chickens have come home to roost, so to speak, for all these characters and things are starting to kind of wrap up. And you're you're seeing, you know, what happens when you're trying to be a hitman and you're trying to be an actor at the same time. Like it's this, <laughs> this crazy combo, but it's happening. And it stars Bill Hader um, as Barry and... Bill Hader, for those that, that may not know, was started out as an SNL writer. He made it to SNL. He's primarily known for his, his comedic chops. He also got to uh, write, uh, a, I believe, a few seasons of South Park. So he's mm-hmm. primarily a comedy guy, and he's hilarious in anything that you've seen him in. But in this show, it's a dark comedy. So there's episodes that are hilariously funny. There's some funny moments, but there's also some really dark dramatic moments and i've loved this show simply because like bill Hader is like quickly becoming like a a top 15 actor to me because of how good his chops are like he's he's very talented um the way that they shoot each episode uh because bill Hader's actually become a director for it um over the last few seasons which has been really cool to go from lead star to oh i'm also going to be behind the camera and they're really good at doing like these really long continuous shots the way that they utilize sound is really cool so i think that they're they're very innovative with their filming techniques with this show that i think for a dark comedy that's on hbo max it's not something that we're used to seeing and that's why it's been so successful so definitely give barry a check out it's on its fourth season but you can definitely binge the other three seasons pretty quickly i'm adding that to my list Definitely. I highly recommend it. And then last but not least, I'm also really enjoying Succession, which is on its final and also its fourth season on HBO Max. And that, of course, is about the Roy family uh, vying for control of their father's company. Um, and yeah, I mean, you have Brian Cox in it, uh, Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin, which is Macaulay Culkin's brother, who is a really freaking amazing actor. And then Sarah Snook, uh, they're kind of like the leads. Um, also notable shout out to Matthew McFadden, all these names, you can look them up on IMDb, uh, but they're really, really talented. I said it before. I'll say it again. This is the best ensemble cast I've ever seen on a show. Nice. Just from top to bottom, everybody brings their A game. It's a really emotional final season. So even some of the events that have happened have been like, wow, like we're only like halfway through the season and like there's already been like a major death, you know, like wow. something that, you know, you would normally expect for like a, a season finale or the episode before 
Oh, man. We're getting it episode three of season four, Jeez. you know? So, um, yeah, it's just been so good. If you really appreciate a good drama or good acting or witty banter, I definitely recommend Succession. Um, it is kind of like the the, the rich powerful elite and kind of how how they do their inner workings and the writing for the show is phenomenal like they're they're cussing up a storm every episode but <laughs> they're really good at like making quips at each other so they're like digging and they're roasting each other and nice it's just a very very well written show and gary i think for someone like yourself who's a writer you'd really appreciate the writing yeah after you mentioned it as one of your top most anticipated shows of 2023 i added it to my list for sure uh, i actually moved it up some so, yeah, once I kind of finish this uh, K-drama binge, I'm going to jump into Secession for sure. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, all right, so we've kind of let you guys know what we're currently enjoying, so definitely give those uh, a check out. Uh, now, Gary, let's, of course, get to our movie tournament. We just finished uh, the West's uh, pre-round voting number four, yes. and then we're going to move on to the quarterfinals. So this is a big moment. Mm-hmm. Why don't you uh, tell the people uh, who the matchups were and who won? So this was uh, actually closer than I anticipated. Uh, we even had, had a tie. We had to do an executive decision on this. That's how crazy it was. Uh, but this was kind of our uh, superhero horror vi- uh, region. Uh, so the first matchup, we had Cloverfield facing off against Insidious. Uh, we had Devil facing off against Poltergeist. Hereditary versus Smile. And we had the Dark Knight facing off against Iron Man 2. So, as I said, this was really close, but Cloverfield facing off against Insidious was literally a tie. So, what we decided to do since Skylar and I run the tournament, we decided that since both of us voted for Insidious, we're going to push Insidious through. Wah, wah. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry for those seven people that voted for Cloverfield, but uh, Insidious won. Yes. Um, we got Poltergeist beating out Devil 10 to 10 to 4. Hereditary beating out Smile 5 or 10 to 5. And then the people did not disappoint. The Dark Knight, <laughs> Dog Walt, Iron Man 2, 14 to 1. So thank you guys for not letting us down. <laughs> All right. So the next round will be the quarterfinals, and we're going to go back to the East region and this matchup is going to be the social network facing off against mission impossible rogue nation Argo facing off against the Revenant interstellar facing off against peppermint and then Watchmen versus the harder they fall. So Skylar, before we jump into a preview for our full preview for next week, what are your thoughts on this? most recent bracket and how it shook out yeah you know i'm really surprised that uh, cloverfield and insidious tied you know i Mm -hmm. thought for sure one would come out above the other but a part of me has always been kind of nervous that like oh yeah like one of these days one of these are going to tie and we're going to have to make a decision which i'm glad you know yes if you're a fan of cloverfield over insidious more power to you once again this is this is just for fun we just enjoy this (laughs) so we did push through insidious because we believe it's the better movie but once again subjective um yeah, I mean, Poltergeist, Obliterated Devil, mm-hmm. um, Hereditary beating Smile, surprising. I personally have not seen Hereditary, so I can't say. I have heard it's a very gruesome movie, and I think that's probably why I've, I've avoided seeing it, because I'm like, I don't know if my stomach can take this today. You know, it, it kind of right. seemed like one of those movies where you got to go in and 
don't go in on a full stomach kind of deal. Mm. Um, the Dark Knight, of course, had better have. In fact, the one person that voted for Iron Man 2, <laughs> I'm convinced you're just trolling us. If Literally. you listen to this podcast and you voted for Iron Man 2 over the Dark Knight, you got to be trolling. You got to. Um, <laughs> that is hard to believe uh, because if you've seen these two movies, they are not even in the same ballpark. Exactly. Um, in fact, all the Iron Man sequels, I think we could agree, have been mid at best. Yeah, um, that's being generous. Yeah, right, compared to The Dark Knight. Now, the upcoming bracket, I think this is where it starts to get really interesting, right? This is a long tournament, but now we're starting to get into those quarterfinals. And now the ones that won last time are kind of in these new brackets. So Mm -hmm. I think this is where things are going to get interesting. I think there's a lot more, you know, heavy hitters in these matchups. So it's going to be really cool to see how it shakes out. So make sure every Wednesday, you know, these, these episodes come out on Tuesday. Make sure on Wednesday, you have from Wednesday to Friday night to vote for the newest bracket and tournament. Of course, the link is going to be in our show notes. We're going to post about it on social media. So you will always know when the voting is live, but keep voting for sure. Yes, definitely. It's been a great episode, Skylar. It has. Do you have any final thoughts today, my friend? Um, If any executive from WBD somehow magically listens to this podcast, um, call me. And I will help fix <laughs> what you're messing up right now. <laughs> no, honestly, that's what we need is is as this podcast begins to expand, you know, through word of mouth, and we already have so many loyal listeners every week. So we really do appreciate you guys. If you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, keep passing it along, keep passing mm-hmm. on the podcast because yeah, wouldn't it be cool for one day? you know, an executive of one of these streamers or, or someone who works for one of these streamers to be able to come on the podcast and kind of talk about the inner workings of, I mean, that would be amazing. Like if they, if they listen to us, they might be like, all right, these guys, their (laughs) opinions, we don't like them, but they might, and they might appreciate it. So definitely keep spreading the word. You guys keep listening, keep voting. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, it's been another great episode, uh, my friend. And, uh, as always, I'm Skylar and I'm Gary. And this has been the Nerds Inc. Podcast. We will see you guys next week. Yeah, have a good one. Hey, everyone. This is Skylar with the Nerds Inc. Podcast, here to say thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying our weekly discussions, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ask us a question, provide your thoughts on our discussions, and we may just talk about it in a future episode. Thanks.